0: Oh God, oh man, oh God, you are lying, I never hit you, you are t- His name. No one knows his face. Oh no. But now, the most terrifying man in the city carries a badge. The head was unstable and there was a deceleration injury. 13 year old
1: hanging. You really think a cop did this? Why not?
0: Would you automatically assume that it was a police officer instead of some lunatic dressed up like a cop? Fight squad. <laughs>
1: He'll kill again. He enjoys killing. He strikes without cause, without mercy. He may be getting information from inside the department. <laughs> that means he is one of us.
0: You see a cop, you crossed to the other side of the street.
1: You're not
0: gonna get me. Everybody who wants to shoot a cop nowadays has got one hell of an excuse. This one is my personal life any of your business. Since your wife was found dead in a motel room. You gotta be wrong. You wanna see the pretty picture? Keep ah! your where I
1: can see them. Hold on, I, I didn't do any of this. When a cop turns killer have the right to remain silent forever
0: maniac cop
1: hi everyone and welcome to there's potential here with me joe and my partner in crime Xiao Hello. hello 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 Um, This week, for our second episode, we will be discussing the film, the man, the legend, the one, the only, Maniac Cop, from 1988, directed by William Lustig. As usual, with these podcasts, I say as usual, we've only done one, for the second time. The point of this is just to go back into... Delve back into the film wilderness, pulling out some old forgotten titles, seeing if there's anything we can take from them, any gems, any gems of wisdom or learning we can pull. Um, Not just to discard them as pieces of trash, but um, see if we can find some positives from films that have maybe been a bit slated or laughed at in the past. So that's what we're going to be doing today with Maniac Cop. Yeah, I guess we just start by talking about just a summary of the plot, really, you know, what the film's about. For for, for those of you who haven't seen this film, basically the logline of this film is is two New York, New York policemen and a policewoman uh, search for a killer in uniform who should be dead. And it basically revolves, you know, it's kind of, it's set in a period in the 80s, late 80s, and it, yeah, it revolves around this cop who's he basically, was he's murdered in prison after being um, sent there for overzealous police activity. He's presumed dead and out of nowhere a, a cop appears in New York City and starts murdering seemingly random people uh, and then people connected to his own life. So people in the police force, people in the local government and uh, it's up to these three brave souls to figure out why he's doing it and who he is. I guess we'll start uh, with, uh, with me asking you person to person what what did you think of the film overall what were your what were your first reactions
0: i was i was entertained i was entertained i um i went into it thinking like i saw the poster which is a bit of a reveal which is yes. um maniac cop's face <laughs> and it is mm. a bit smashed up um and i i thought mm, i don't i don't know i mean i don't know but fine and then i think about ten minutes before it ended i was I was kind of hoping for more i was I was wanting more I wanted to know more about maniac Cop. I wanted to know more about um the havoc he was wreaking and at what cost um and then it ended so yeah, I was thoroughly entertained and thought it was well made for for the budget, which was a million dollars as you told me um,
1: million dollars which back in the day yeah. I mean, that's, that's a certain amount of cash, but it's not like um it's not a huge amount. Um,
0: sure, sure. And they seem and, uh, to go a
1: long way with that money, for sure, don't they? They seem to go a long way. Yeah.
0: Well, the the producer is uh, Larry Cohen, who's actually very well known for his uh, little horror films and sci-fis and did films such as Phone Booth, mm-hmm. that classic. Um, it Lives Again, It's Alive, that came before It Lives Again. And um, yeah, so he's definitely got a bit of experience and I think it's I think actually producer did very well to um to create the film essentially because yeah. you got a big budget so th- a few good set pieces.
1: This is a this is a slasher film, you know, basically you know, in in, in the old mode of, of slasher films. You know, before before the modern horror renaissance where everything has to have this emotional Deep thematic side to it. It was a bit, was a bit simpler back then, wasn't it? It was basically, it was typically a guy, usually a guy, going around mm. killing people. Eventually, some brave soul stands up and says, "Why are you doing this?" And they try to figure out who he is and track him down and kill him. And that's the end of it. The-
0: yeah, like certainly the the beginning of the film is you know, um, this you know, a, a woman's running away from from two men trying to rob yeah. her, and then runs into the arms of a police officer who actually snaps her neck and it's very you know it's very halloween it's very friday 13th um slasher killing and he picks them off quite yeah uh, we've got quite a few pick-offs and it's it's very reminiscent of those kind of films
1: but it does Um, it it triggers something in your brain doesn't it because you know i mean any if you go back and revisit any slasher film with that kind of film studies glasses on there's always going to be some angle you can theorize about it and there's usually much more depth and meaning to a slasher film than just the violence itself there's usually a, you know the context in which it was made the time in which it was made mm-hmm. there's something going on there but that's obviously quite prevalent here because you've got a cop doing the killings and in new york, yeah. in new york at that time and you've you've got a, basically an institutionalized cover-up the first person to, to discover or figure out that this guy killing people might be a cop is a, the character named McRae, who then is told by his superiors in the, in the police force not to, not to mention or let it get out into the public. that This is a cop. They don't want this to be seen as, as a cop doing the killings, you know, that that's bad, bad for publicity, you know? So yeah. you've got this whole other angle that they, they kind of, they, they, yeah, they're a little toe into, don't they? Because you've got the you start off with all these slashy killings, yeah. but there is this whole political subtext about you know, you know, is it right police brutality and all those kind of topics they're trying to discuss, but yes. it doesn't it doesn't quite go there, does it? It kind of it it half goes there and it gets a bit muddled.
0: Yeah, I think it kind of likes the idea of that as a dramatic element, that doesn't really question like. Um, mm question it further than that really. No. It's just a plot point. Which is a shame because I think it's it's a very interesting question yeah. at the time. And even more relevant now. Um
1: so, so, yeah, so. so like in terms of the plot then just to just to so again for people who haven't seen it. Sure. It may be most people who haven't seen it. We don't know. I mean it, I don't know this is kind of a it seems like a bit of a cop classic in some circles. So but yes. um well no. you know so the the cop is killing and and we get a couple characters, like the logline said, two two policemen and a policewoman who start to pick up the trail, and they're they're faced with obstacles along the way. You know, they're faced with their superiors telling them, you know, don't let don't let people know it's a cop. They face intrigue within the police force itself. Like some people know who this cop is. Some people are hiding some documents. You know, there's lots of back and forth and and basically hunting down who he is and why he's doing what he's doing. But. There's quite a lot going on. We'll move on now to probably just the beginning of like talking about the film itself properly. You know, what we found to be lacking, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously these films are Oscar winners, but we would like to think about, you know, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't it have been well-received at the time? Why was it not, you know, acclaimed? And I guess yes. one of those reasons is because it's quite muddled in the plotting, isn't it?
0: Yes, yes. Um, It's not structured well at all. And, um, you know, it's got a lot of very good parts in it, but I just think it's not very clear for the viewer as to which part is important and which isn't Mm. so much. Um, And that's kind of, you know, as a filmmaker, a director, you know, you want to be guiding the audience a little bit. Mm. Um, So, yeah, a bit muddled and a bit... It, again, it's like a lot of a lot of nice strands. You know, it's, it's yes. There's a surface story, and then there's kind of like a part, But unfortunately, I just don't think it it goes much deeper in it. And that seems like a that seems like a script issue, actually. Um, yeah. Rather than anything else.
1: I mean, so. we we were said we said at the time really because the the character played by Bruce Campbell, Jack Forrest, he's the young, you know, the handsome young go-getting cop who gets pulled into this story. He's introduced kind of after we're introduced to the burnt out old cop named McCray. Mm. So we're basically introduced to two stories pretty close after each other, mm-hmm. and they they suddenly run parallel to each other. So we're not one of the things you said is that you felt there wasn't much of an emotional connection. And I know that sounds crazy with a slasher mm. film, but you do need that, don't you? You need that connection to the the characters.
0: Yeah, I think it's. I think. With with most films, I think you probably need to um, have a point of view, and um, usually one one person to carry that point of view. Um, and it just wasn't very clear. And also, you know, despite the fact that he was introduced quite late, um, Jack Bruce Campbell's character is just just who is this guy? <laughs> like, apart from being <laughs> possibly a well, not possibly very much a, a bad husband. Um, oh, yeah. and a police officer I don't really know anything about him um, and I, I mean, think maybe yeah Bruce Campbell I think is quite charismatic and he's, yeah. he's very nice to watch it kind but, of
1: felt like that the screenwriter was like well I've got this basic idea cop comes back comes back to not comes back to life but he presumed dead and is found to still be alive and begins killing the people who wronged him that's kind of a nice mm. but then he just he tripped over with his notes or something like that and he spilled his papers all yeah. over the floor. And he's just like, yes. oh, shit, what character? Where was that? Who was that? What are you doing? And it becomes a bit jarbled.
0: Yes, exactly. I, I really enjoyed McCray, actually, I think. Mm. Even though he's a bit of an archetype, um, yeah. as one might expect, I think is uh, it Tom Atkins, he's... Yeah. I think he... He'd, gives a very good performance.
1: The burnt um, out like he, he tried to commit suicide before is his backstory right and he or something like maybe, that, right? Something like, that yeah,
0: it? yeah. There's something there's something a bit, you know, a bit of complexity to him, um, in a way that, you know, there isn't to Jack. <laughs> mm. And I think the idea was that um, you know, spoiler, but uh McRae meets his end quite early, uh, or relatively early. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make it to the end of the film and and Jack is kind of his successor, but yeah. I don't think that Jack has anything that that makes him more interesting than McRae at all. Like, apart from okay. the fact that he's Bruce Campbell with a nice chin.
1: I mean, um, was this is 1988? So was was Bruce Campbell? He was a big deal then, wasn't he? I mean, he had Army of Darkness. No, Army of Darkness hadn't come out yet. But Evil Dead was in 1981, so he was a right. he, was, he was a well-known actor. So you wonder if you know who they called did. in a favor for from Bruce or Bruce knew someone who made a you know. And they just, yeah, they got him. At, he's pretty much in the beginning and end of the film, really. There's a whole middle yeah. section he's not even in.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's in prison. <laughs> but, but
1: like It's like they had McRae doing all the work. He gets then thrown out of a window. And Bruce <laughs> Campbell's there to try and, you know, be the hero at the end. Um, yes, yeah. But then you've got this character of Teresa, who's the policewoman we mentioned in the logline for the film. Oh, and God, uh, yeah. she's, uh, I mean, this is this is 1988, right, we're talking about. Yeah. What's was that? I can't do math. That's like uh, how long ago is that? Thirty-two years. Don't uh, <laughs> <So> me. <laughs> yeah, thirty-two yeah, years ago. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. So portrayal of women, portrayal of you know other ethnicities is not mm. amazing. Um, but she had the opportunity at the end because you know basically they're they're hunting down who the cop is. They find out who he is. They track him down, and there's a big car chase at the end of the film. And Bruce Campbell's character is actually handcuffed, isn't he, in the back of the this back of this police truck, driven by the maniac cop, and it's up to the the, the female character Teresa to save him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you think, oh, here we go. This could be a big. This is an interesting something different. This has been quite a male-oriented film. She could come back at the end and save save his ass, you know. Yeah. Uh, but she kind of wilts away. <laughs> Bruce and Campbell. Is there at the end to do the the business? Yeah, so that was a bit disappointing, wasn't it?
0: Yes, I mean, we say he does the business, but what he does is kind of latches himself onto a a truck that Maniac Cop is driving, and then Maniac Cop actually drives himself into his own supposed death with no <laughs> n- nothing to do with Jack at all. He's yeah. just there. Maybe <laughs> he
1: was he was of... distracted by Jack's good looks. He like glanced over, like oh my god, he's <laughs> yeah. a handsome man. Yeah. And he literally at yeah, par drives um, his car into like a pole.
0: Yeah, and then Jack somersaults into the water, which was a yeah. great stunt, by the way. Um, yeah, that was amazing. So, yeah, but about Teresa, I mean, it's just, I mean, another example of just like, I think, characters in this film not really knowing what they were and, and not being deemed that important. Because she is an undercover cop and we first meet her, she's very savvy. She's she's obviously undercover as a prostitute cuz what else would she be um and you know she yeah
1: come on Oh
0: yeah she gives a john you know some lip and uh she's she holds her own when she first meets maniac cop by shooting although she is saved by McRae. and then further along when when shit starts to hit the fan um you know she's just screaming and and running around like yeah as soon
1: as, soon as like um, that's the funny thing, isn't it? Like they lay the groundwork for a very yeah a savvy policewoman, but only in the context of her being undercover as a prostitute. As soon as anything involving actual police, you know, danger or violence is involved, she's screaming like a like a banshee, you know. Yeah,
0: that's yeah, her. and it's um, you know, it is. I mean, I I wouldn't even say I. I all of the characters are 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 not very yeah. consistent, so.
1: Plot so plot so, made him cry. <laughs> yeah, and they, they, they kill them off, which is great. Um, yeah. So a bit modelled with the plotting, characters, as a result of that model plotting, we never get to know the characters and forge that emotional connection with any of them. You know, we say emotional connection, we're, we're literally meaning are we invested in if they succeed yeah. in any way. Yeah. yeah. And as we said, I mean, I don't know what you feel about this, but they didn't really. they didn't really hit the nail on the head when it came to the 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 the, the thematic uh, possibilities of what they came up with you know the whole police corruption police violence thing it was alluded to but it wasn't you know
0: yeah definitely the most um the most disappointing because the way that it's structured is that you you actually see the kind of political undercurrent yeah um first and obviously when you're introduced to that quite early in the film you think that that's going to be kind of a major plot yeah. point um or at least, you know, something that's that's going to be important um, later down the line. Yeah. And it's just, it just kind of fades into the background. Um, mm. Even though, you know, the director clearly wanted to, to comment on um, the police and, and maybe abuse of power. Mm. Um, and politicians and abuse of power. But just, yeah, I don't know why he doesn't kind of go all the way. Um, and isn't a bit more firm in what what the story's supposed to be saying about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so I mean that they, we've outlined a couple of things that are a bit of an issue. Um, but mm. now we can think about what 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 about the film can we we pull what can what can we what gems can we extract? <laughs> um, like uh, for instance, as a as an idea. You know, conceptually, yeah. as we've said before, it's, it's, you're intrigued at the beginning. You're, you, you want to know who this maniac cop is. You want to know what he's doing, why he's doing it. And it, it, yeah. it kind of, you have that moment. I had that moment at the beginning, at least where I was like, Oh, this could go somewhere, man. This could go somewhere. You know, this, yeah. It like the action scenes were a bit old fashioned, a bit kind of like, you know, dramatic music Thank and you. stuff, but they were, yeah. they were engaging. And I think honestly, for the first half an hour I was, I was really on board. Because they were laying the groundwork, but then what you find out after that first half hour is that that foundation is kind of that's all there is there's like four different foundations you're looking at you know and you're like which, which ones which one are they going to build you know
0: yes, yeah, definitely um, yeah I think I think just you know the idea of it is probably the best thing to come out mm. come out of the story mm. um, you know a cop that is actually dangerous to everyday people. Um,
1: yeah. Because yeah, that's what we're telling that. that's, that's, that's a scary idea, isn't it? Like, you, you turn to the cops when you're in danger. The idea yeah. that in this world, there's a cop that you can turn to when you're in danger and he's more dangerous than the crime or the criminals. You know, that's like, whoa.
0: Yeah. It's like, um, you know, that, that scene in Get Out when, um, you know, he's stopped by the cops um, mm. And the cop starts getting a bit showy with him. You know that's that's a yeah. really horrifying scene. And then at the end, when you know the cops show up, and you think, "Oh God, they're gonna they're gonna shoot him because yeah. he looks guilty and he's black." And um, you know that that's like a more everyday horror that, yeah. that some people have to have to go exactly, through. Exactly,
1: exactly. So I um, think I think that's what we're gonna tie this into. So like you know, we. We, we can go over some positives, you know, like we like the cinematography and areas, some nice shots, some really mm. quite quite impressive stunts, uh, especially as yeah, you said, that last yeah. stunt with that truck flying off into the water. That was pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. It's weird to talk about a positive of a film. It's like the most positive thing about your film is the opportunities you had to make it a good film.
0: <laughs> yes, but <laughs> I, think, um, I think we, we touched upon this a little bit last film um, where, you know... An idea is and a unique idea. Is I think a lot more important than mm. than you know something that's a, that's been done over and over again. That's a bit.
1: It's know, really hard, though, isn't it, to like expected. to shepherd those ideas into something that's um, that does justice to the idea. Yes,
0: absolutely. But it, I think it's quite um, yeah. I think they've they've done an okay job considering you know it's it's clearly meant to be horror horror slashes weren't exactly peak cinema at its time anyway. It's, mm. it's just something that was meant to be entertainment and I yeah. suppose it does come out quite entertaining. Um, and I don't think I think they've probably achieved what they wanted to. Um, and it's still influential to this day. Uh, we can talk about it a bit later, but Nicholas Winding Refn is is a big fan of it. And You know whether whether it's um yeah whether whether it's it's not the most polished film it's clearly left a mark on 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 people and in a way that not many films can
1: you know because of
0: the idea of it
1: yeah i mean mean, i think if you think about you know you've got this the horror renaissance as everyone talks about you know the past three years or so four years Mm. yeah with um you got your Get Out, Hereditary, all so those kind of films. Is that we we're now looking at horror in a new light because we're looking at horror in the way it can speak to us in terms of other aspects of our lives. You know, it's not just about violence for its own sake. It's about what the violence might mean. Why it? Why people like Hereditary is a horror film, but it's it's more about grief than horror. You know, mm. uh, Get Out is more about racial injustice than it is about horror. It's 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 yeah. the nature of the action itself, which is horrible, you know. What I mean, so as you said, that example with the cop stopping them in the street and get out. The horrible thing about that is that, as a as like if I'm a white guy, as I am, I see that and I go, Jesus, that is horrifying. <laughs> that's just like an everyday thing for a lot of people, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing about hereditary. You know, the horrors she's going through as a mother. You know, watching her her mom die and then her daughter die. Mm-hmm. That's a horrible thing, but that's just grief, you know. And so like I know it sounds crazy to make these these big parallels between that kind of level of filmmaking and something like Maniac Cop, but Maniac Mm -hmm. Cop as an idea has that possibility, doesn't it? Because you can you can relate. You know, police police brutality is a prevalent thing today. And so you can see why it's influential today, still this kind of film, because of this more modern take on horror, where we look at horror films as saying something about society. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen articles about many at corporates saying like this film is now <laughs> much more prevalent than it even was then because police brutality is more of an issue more more of a societal conversation now than it was then you know
0: yeah which is which is quite funny because like um you know i I feel like when i in in the film there's a new segment when people are getting where people are being interviewed, and interestingly because it's set in new york it's it's quite diverse in the people they interview yeah um and they're saying you know you can't trust cops and this is mm. how they abuse their power and mm. and you know etc um and that was you know filmed in the 80s and i i feel like i i don't think i can say that for i mean there are still some issues in the uk but i definitely wouldn't look at the police and be like definitely corrupt definitely abuse their power can't trust them and you can see that was such a big issue even in the 80s in New York where there mm. we was a real period of crime being out of control and, mm. and the whole city was really getting kind of just completely overrun by, yeah. by criminal activities. I mean, they, they,
1: had, they had mad issues with the mob.
0: Yes, um, exactly. All there's, that,
1: there's, that, there's a Netflix documentary about the mob in New York where they they like they had they infiltrated every aspect of the city Mm. from like construction to politics to transport every fucking aspect was corrupt so
0: yes yeah and then on top of that is kind of like the the everyday crime that citizens would would face like robbery and and murder um and rape and and even through that like there's there's Backlash against the police, right? You know, like, who are meant to be the people who are making sure that doesn't happen, right? It's a, it's a comment on society, it's kind of like you know, it's saying like this is what it was like back back then, mm. and this is why something you can have someone like a maniac off on the loose. Mm. Um, mm. you know, would that happen in uh, I don't know, Boulder, Colorado, or whatever? Probably not, mm. but in a place like New York, it was, and, and to this day, it's still an issue, like. In in more parts of America now, um, you know, issues with police and and racism and yeah, and just general abusing of powers and not being very transparent with what they're doing. Um, and that's so yeah, I I can see why it would it would gain more favor now actually. Mm. Um, but as we as we've said so many times, like unfortunately, it just doesn't doesn't really get no. to the nitty gritty of that.
1: Well um, then, I guess what we could then move on to then is this, as you said before, this this possible remake that they're making. Mm. Um, well, um yes, not not directed by, but under the like, is under the creative guidance of Nicholas Winding Refn. Is that the idea?
0: Yeah, he's going to be a showrunner, and John Hyams right. will direct it, and it's going to be a series with HBO
1: right. and
0: um, Studio Canal uh, can Plus. No, studio no, can no, help first one yes yeah. okay, and um you know two big big companies um and it i yeah i don't I don't know a series <laughs> I don't know how, what a they're series,
1: do. yeah, so oh, we okay. said this while we were watching the film, and I thought it was I thought the reboot was a film, yeah, and then your your response to that was, yeah, well, I imagine it would be very hard to stretch out to the t v series length yes exactly
0: because um you know is it is he is it going to be a mystery as to who the cop is? Is it a mystery as to why <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like um, with this with
1: this film you don't see the, you don't see the cop's face because he's been scarred from his injuries when he was in prison you don't see yeah. his face until an hour and twenty minutes in of an hour and thirty minute long film, so you wonder yeah. how long is it until we see his face in the TV show about six seasons in the lights yeah. are going to come up and his face will be there finally. The,
0: the only thing I can imagine is that like um it will be it will be about like the reaction to, to um, you know, like mm. <laughs> that great line in the film where they're saying like tourism is down thirty four percent because of this <laughs> maniac cop running around in New York. It's like <laughs> I don't think one maniac cop is gonna scare off thirty four percent tourists. But um, yeah that's, that is
1: that he, his, his influence his immediate influence on the numbers of tourists in New York in the way it's described yeah. in the film was is, is, is <laughs> Yes,
0: exactly but um, you know police are kind of like wrongfully shooting people quite yeah. regularly in, right now and it's not really affecting tourism I think <laughs> but um but basically it, I, I can only imagine it's it's what the politicians are doing about it and what Sure, sure. You know, the police force are going to do about it, and what the average citizens, how they're t- going to turn on the police, knowing that there's right. I mean,
1: like this on the loose. Yeah, there's. I mean, that's maybe, maybe that's maybe that's the right thing to think about. I suppose because, like, you think about the way the film is structured. That, as we said, there are lots of different threads, none of which really have the time to breathe.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Maybe he's extrapolating from that and saying, "Well, I mean, there isn't." I and mean, that's the thing. If if he's able to really contextualize this story, make make it impactful in a modern context, you know, draw those parallels and really follow through with those parallels, you know.
0: Yeah. But I, um, I, I have a strong, I don't know, I have a feeling that I've never really seen Refn do anything that's socially conscious, if I'm honest with you. Right. So I don't even think that he, which which I I would feel is a shame because it, it I feel like it's so topical that you can't avoid it and it's a perfect outlet for that. Right. But I... I just kind of feel like if if he he's into the kind of like the style of violence, uh, I feel like that's something that's been consistent with all of his films, and mm. I think that's what maybe attracts him to to the story. But I don't I don't know. There's not much information on it, so um, mm. you know if he wants to call us and let us know, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Would you like to be a guest? Oh my um, God. Can you imagine?
1: <laughs> well, I'd like to I'd like to talk to him about Only God Forgives and ask him why he made that film. The way he did. <laughs> but then I'd like to congratulate him on Bronson and Drive, who are, which yeah. are amazing films. So, yeah. I've never seen Valhalla Rising. People will say that's quite an a experience.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, same. I've seen bits of it. Maybe, maybe, he, maybe that is socially conscious, and we just haven't seen it. Right?
1: Maybe it tackles. You know, is it a Viking story?
0: I guess at like Valhalla. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, maybe tackle some you know prevalent Viking issues or something. I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Some... Yeah, you're right. I mean, if <laughs> if
1: I'm if I'm thinking Nicholas Winding Reference is having like a creative oversight on this maniac cop reboot, I don't know why I'm thinking about you know focusing on the delicate nature of pr- police brutality. What you'd hope though is that if he does the remake, it doesn't. He doesn't overlook it completely.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, that would be a real shame. Yeah. And I, I also, just as an aside, I really, really enjoyed Maniac Cop's performance. I, I actually read online that he was, um, the actor was a, um, whose name was Robert Zadar. Um, Zadar. He a cop uh, before he was in, oh, a cop in Chicago. And um, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I think he has a real, he has a real like, Air of authority um, or perceived authority about him in the film, and really, I, I found him very interesting. Even though That's
1: interesting. You know, wow, I do not know that. That's, that's...
0: Yeah. yeah. He's built like a built like a linebacker, but yeah, he's um. <laughs> it's it's also a shame because like we do see a bit of his like a flashback to the to maniac cop and you know what happened in prison um, after he successfully fights off about you know the whole fucking prison, but um he, I I, I wanted to know more about him. And actually there's Maniac Cop 2 and 3, so maybe...
1: Yes, they did make two more Maniac Cop films, it should be said. And people have said that the second film is, uh, I mean, we read this article just before we started recording, that it was considered the Godfather 2 to Maniac Cop 1, in terms of it being better than the original.
0: We should have led with that sentence.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that really applies, is it? Because that, that's insinuating that Maniac One, Maniac Cop One, is Godfather One.
0: That's true. Yeah. That's,
1: why, that's why Godfather Two is so special because it's better than Godfather.
0: <laughs> it's like
1: saying, like, I don't know, this terrible film I made. The sequels, the Godfather Two, to that film, because it's slightly better.
0: Yeah, I mean. I mean- that, that would be really interesting if the first film was like kind of b-movie level and then or like less than that and right. then the second film was like godfather 2 level can you imagine
1: maybe that article that we wrote, i think it was a deadline article it said the godfather 2 to whatever
0: also it's I think- deadline. <laughs> yeah. like, the guy's yeah. like churn out articles sure like, daily
1: days. daily madness but, yeah. but the uh I, I, hope, I mean I haven't I haven't researched Maniac Cop 2 enough but um, I wonder if it's like sprawling a sprawling crime epic like a cross generational you know study on police brutality or something like that like go yeah. yeah, Cop 1 is like a 90 minute slasher film the second one is an absolute magnum opus <laughs> like some like landmark of american cinema or something
0: yeah it's everything that we talked about just now
1: yeah. in the, <laughs> yeah. in invalidates time. this conversation completely it's a masterpiece <laughs> um, yeah. um, I think I think I think we should definitely maybe we won't make an episode out of it. But maybe we should definitely watch the second one just to see, because oh, yeah, if, be. if they're saying it's better, I mean I'm invested in these characters, man. You know, Jack, Teresa, you know.
0: Teresa apparently Teresa is um, is one of the main characters. I, I, oh. mean, I read that very briefly. May, maybe I'm wrong actually because now I'm looking at the cast list and she's quite low. <laughs>
1: But, um, I I well, what I noticed they make they made a maniac cop 3 but I don't think many of the cast returned for that one so
0: Oh it the, that's Godfather 3 level you know they always say Oh Godfather
1: yeah maybe that's people. maybe that's Godfather 3 to you know William Lustig's maniac cop 2 I mean I don't know they're confused with our analogies here but
0: So for isn't it <laughs> Yes Um but yeah yeah I mean this what can I say? I didn't I didn't hate it. I, that's all I will say. I did not hate it. I enjoyed
1: it much more than fucking um, They Saved Hitler's Brain. I mean, that's unfair, isn't it, really? I mean, Jesus.
0: Yeah, apples and um, maniacs. I
1: think maybe going forward, we... You know, our level of quality needs to be above They Saved Hitler's Brain because I think <laughs> that's, that was so low, it's almost worthless. <laughs> Disgusting. No, I think the discussion was great, but you know what I mean? Like, like, no one even thinks about that film that much anymore, you know? So. I,
0: <laughs> I found myself, so ironic you say that, I found myself thinking about it the other day, and I remember thinking, like, they should genuinely remake that film, but with neo-Nazis, like we did say in the podcast. but Right, I, okay, was, right. In a really non-ironic way, like, they should really, I think that would be so fucking, that's like 2021 Energy is remaking They Saved It in the
1: Right, and, uh, but that but that what w- what we're doing for both these films is uh making it making them incredibly societally impactful, you know, like social issues and stuff like that for both, you know. Yes,
0: exactly. But
1: I just feel like that's the way we're going with cinema. We we've, in, I mean, you get you get your mindless action films, you get you still get your mindless horror films, you know, but I feel like there's much more of an appetite now for films to have a meaning behind them in that way you know yeah Uh, i think that's why people yeah people connect with these new horror films so much you know even like i don't know it or something you know that that has there's a meaning somewhere in there that we can extrapolate i don't i've watched texas chainsaw massacre i've watched halloween i've watched Mm. friday the 13th and you know Nightmare on elm street i don't really get a meaning you know you don't get that feeling of like I understand what they're saying with this. You know, what I mean, that, that yeah. old style of slash—it was literally just, "Do you want to see some deaths?" You know.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And while that was kind of cool, um, you know, it doesn't—it doesn't leave you with that many questions. You know, it doesn't make me yeah. like, mm, "That really makes me think about." Yeah. You know, ethical issues. Well,
1: I, I both kind of miss that style because, in some ways, I don't want to have to think about ethical issues every time I watch a fucking horror film. But. <laughs> Especially some of the horror films, you know, Human Centipede. You don't want to start thinking about ethical issues, then you probably have to leave. (laughs) That that line has been crossed before, but
0: there there probably is an ethical issue with Human Yeah, it's
1: probably probably an ethical issue with me watching it. (laughs) Um, But Um, uh, especially the third one. If anyone, if anyone's listening to this, if anyone's listening to this at all, don't watch the third Human Centipede film.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the biggest takeaway from this.
1: Yeah, if you learn anything from this discussion, <laughs> God,
0: here's a tip for twenty twenty one. But yeah, I I I think there will always be horror films that are a bit just kind of like there for entertainment purposes. But um, yeah. I think there's always a chance, especially now, to 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 go deeper, to use like the emotion of of fear and horror mm. to. Tell some stories that you know, kind of hit harder, yeah. Um, and to give them a platform, and also to make it entertaining. It's kind of like you know to touch on on serious subjects, but not in a way that's just biographical. It,
1: or, it, it says something that they they're looking to actually remake this into a TV series with a with a well known director, not directing but you know involved respected director, HBO, an amazing platform. You know, it says a lot about the current climate of horror and and that kind of story because you know that is what people want that's what people are paying money to see as people tune in to see
0: mm.
1: and uh it's funny that they've just they have picked out what is quite an obscure film to to pull forward
0: but it yeah. maybe
1: maybe that's a testament to the quality of the concept you know
0: mm, mm. i agree yes oh the the other thing is just <laughs> the last thing is it is never it's it's I feel like it's not clear what this guy is. Is he alive? Is he dead? There's a great scene when they talk to, um, I guess, the guy who's in charge of Sing Sing, the prison, um, who's like, he was alive, but he was kind of dead. But I'm sure he wasn't that alive. (laughs) It's just like a back-
1: I think think the line is, um, he was, I'm sure he was legally alive.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just-
1: He's like, Why did you why did you not tell anyone or why did you like let him walk like let him not go to the mortuary or something like that? And he was like, Well, I could see he was legally alive. <laughs> but just had severe brain damage.
0: Yeah, and it's just it sums up kind of clearly what the writer was thinking. He's like, I don't really know, so yeah. I guess he's alive.
1: But- I honestly thought he was dead and that he came back to life. I mean, they could have gone down some like voodoo shit route, I don't know, but I thought that was what it was going for, but didn't yeah, they didn't, wa- didn't want to make the film ridiculous
0: yeah i I definitely felt it was kind of like uh he's driven by pure hate and well maybe that's an angle actually in, in a in a remake' it's like he's driven by something that is um so negative and right and um, murderous
1: that that's that's something they could really improve isn't it they could really make clearer his driving motivation to come back because they mentioned you know how you know, he was using excessive police force. He's made an example of by the by the establishment, by the government. You know, sent to prison and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the remake, if they could, if he had a really clear, fiery reason, or you know, like a target he's aiming for, something like that, you know, yes, that'd yeah,
0: be good. or even just like as an as an agent of chaos. Mm. Know,
1: he's
0: he's someone who's um, who's indicative of of the society that we live in now. I don't think mm. I've said society as often as I have in the last hour or so. <laughs> 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 societal issues.
1: Society.
0: It's a hot topic. Um so yeah. So yeah. Is he alive? Is he dead? Is he um what is he? I don't fucking know. He's a
1: maniac, Sal. So he's a maniac.
0: Case <laughs> case closed. Case closed. <laughs> Booking boys.
1: <laughs> maniac cop nineteen eighty eight. A masterpiece.